Sorry, boys, my ass is plumb full. <laughs> You're not getting in there with your penis again. Oh, um, fuck. You want to hear something? I was, I was surprised Sanders is with Trump. I was surprised Sanders is with Trump. <laughs> the, um, God damn, dude, that was the darkest shit. I was surprised Sanders is with Trump. Here, get down. He's just not at the wheel, is he? Arrow, get down. You can't get up there, baby. You gotta get down, baby. Arrow, get down. All right, hold on. Let's start over. Okay. We can't have smacking on the pod, bro. Sorry, man. All right, from the top. Here, let's smack it. Action. Action. Oh, Will. So. You want to hear something comforting? Anything, please, anything comforting. In a hundred thousand years, Earth will likely have undergone a super volcanic eruption large enough to erupt four hundred cubic milli- kilometers, ninety-six cubic miles of magma. For comparison, Lake Erie is four hundred eighty-four or one hundred sixteen cubic miles. <laughs> now, what's the what's the timeline they're thinking on that? A hundred thousand years. God damn. The the there's a too wi- long. <laughs> it's too long to wait. There's a Wikipedia page called the timeline of the far future, and it's got all the good stuff on it. Um, the timeline of the far future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In five hundred thousand years, Earth will likely have been hit by an asteroid of roughly one kilometer in diameter. Um, in a million years. How many years? Um, five hundred thousand years. In a million years, Earth will likely have undergone a super volcanic eruption large enough to erupt seven hundred seventy cubic miles of magma. Okay, I gotta ask a question. <laughs> I gotta ask a question. What do we got in the ten to fifteen year range? <laughs> that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Tom. On a long enough timeline, none of this matters, really. Yeah. Trust me, in fifty to four hundred million years um fifty to four hundred million years is the estimated time it'll take for Earth to naturally replenish its fossil fuel reserves. So if you're into fossil fuels just wait around a little bit, and uh, and I am. <laughs> well, I guess I guess all those friends of coal guys weren't lying to people when they said that it's a renewable resource. On a long enough timeline, they're not lying. <laughs> you know what they say about the long they, run? Though? They used to love to say that. Yeah. <laughs> they did. Well, that's that's God's renewable resource. Yeah, yeah God's all right. It's a, it's weird how they branded. Natural gas is natural gas. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it makes it sound like it's something natural that's just out here floating around with everything else. It's a free radical, bro. Two million years. Vertebrate species separated for this long will generally undergo allopatric speciation. Evolutionary biologist James W. Valentine predicted that if humanity has been dispersed among genetically isolated space colonies over this time, the galaxy will host an evolutionary radiation of multiple human species with a diversity of form and adaptation that would astound us. We're hosting an intergalactic kegger. <laughs> <laughs> this would be a natural process of isolated populations unrelated to potential deliberate genetic enhancement technologies. Damn, bro. I want a genetic enhancement technology. I want a genetic enhancement technology, but for one specific thing, if you know what I'm talking about. Your ruptured asshole? Front side. Size of your dick. Front side. (laughs) 
I knew it could only be two things. I'd have a mega huge <laughs> cock if they had, if they if they ever developed that. I would have a fortified asshole. I would take that over a mega huge cock at this point. Not me. I would take. I, could, a new I would <laughs> leave my asshole unfortified. That mega huge <laughs> cock in that wing. Interesting choice there, Mister Sexton. But we'll do what we can to make sure that it happens for you. Yeah. Um. 10 million years estimated time for full recovery of biodiversity after a potential Holocene extinction. Holocene. Uh, I, don't, I don't like that <laughs> prefix at all. <laughs> Even without a mass extinction, by this time, most current species will have disappeared through the background extinction rate with many clades eventually gradually evolving into new forms. Bro, humans are going to be uh, true freaks in 5 million years. <laughs> <laughs> like we, what are we gonna what are we gonna look like even not we're not gonna resemble our current form at all are we no 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 what are we gonna look like well seeing as how um we've evolved sentience to meet to mean that we are all now we have no shame and we're willing to be horny at all times everywhere i would imagine we're probably gonna have cocks all over ourselves Foreheads. Yeah, forehead cocks. Forehead cocks. <laughs> um, <laughs> Our fingers will just be cocks and balls. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know, though. I mean, we are in an anti-horny age. Aren't we? Don't you think we're kind of like in a... Everybody's too prudish. depressed to bone. <laughs> Which is a thing I completely understand. I, I wasn't... I'm not saying this to disparage anybody that's asexual or anything like that, because I think it's perfectly valid. But I went through a period where I kind of got it, you know? Where you empathized with the asexual community? Well, I, just was, I just had no interest in it. <laughs> was this a dry spell? No, it wasn't even a dry spell so much as just I was completely disinterested in sex. <laughs> that happens to me about once a month. It's called depression. <laughs> well, I didn't know that that's what it was, like rearing its ugly head. It'd, it'd be a year and a half later before I started having panic attacks. Like, oh, wait, that's what it is. Right, right. But, yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's not always it's not always good to be virile and horny. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to just reflect and Yeah, you're right. Chill in the cup. Reassess. Seven hundred to eight hundred million years from now, the death of most plant life will result result in less oxygen in the atmosphere, allowing for more DNA damaging ultraviolet radiation to reach the surface. Uh, many animals may be driven to the poles or possibly underground. Hell yeah. These creatures would become active during the polar night and hibernate during the polar day due to intense heat and radiation. Much of the land would become a barren desert. Plants and animals would primarily be found in the ocean. You you think in some ways that zoonotic illnesses, like, you know, the much-talked-about COVID-19 that's <laughs> going around and different things and, you know, the original coronaviruses that camels gave us oh geez yeah do you think in some ways it's like the animal kingdom pushing back against our hegemony a little bit it's well, like a check against like just unfeathered like human decimation of their natural planet here's what will really bake your noodle my guy what like are it. what are viruses it's not it's not life no, we don't, no, they're just these little they're like codes they're like little floating codes yep, yep. They get in there and change the DNA of everything. Yeah, we don't really have a way to classify what viruses are. Yeah, they're just, you're right. They, they go in there, they infiltrate their own little DNA into yours. It's your DNA <laughs> They just sack. start hitting a bunch of buttons like, <laughs> like a goddamn cat crawling across the yes. keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> and then it fucks you up for a little bit until they 
Viruses are good. Believe. I mean, they they you know they're very efficient at what they do. But listen, folks, many more people are saying it. The viruses they got their DNA sack. They get it in your DNA sack. They fuck shit up. They they're very efficient. Yeah. They'll be here long after we are, folks. <laughs> That's true. He, but in another way, little bitches. Also, they're kind of weak because little bitches can't even handle soap and water and fucking heat. <laughs> that's true. They they hate they're that. They're good, but fragile. It's because their lipid uh, fatty bilayer is very fragile. It, it gets, I can't hate them for that. No. I, mine, if mine is too. If your lipid fatty bilayer was fragile. <laughs> you heat me up to 400 <laughs> degrees, I'm going away too. <laughs> Exactly. Um, Soap and water. I got that all day, baby. Mm-hmm. Rinse me. I don't know. That shit does dry you out. <laughs> it does dry you yeah. out. 7.8 million years from now, humanity has a 95% probability of being extinct by this date. Um, could not come soon enough. Could not come soon enough. I've, I want to have Mike Pearl on, who's the guy that wrote that book up there. It's called The Day It Finally Happens. And he proposes some interesting scenarios in that. It, when he talks about the day the internet goes down, like, um, like crashes, like the internet just well, not like at home, like the whole internet, <laughs> the Al Gore the ba- United States military, right? Created the, the massive modem sitting on the North Pole gets unplugged. Exactly. Exactly. What do you think that looks like? That'd be devastating. Well, I tell you what it looks like because I've seen what it ha- what it looks like um, when. <laughs> <laughs> your internet ever go down at home? I tell you exactly what it looks like. It's annoying for about an hour. <laughs> well, um, I just went to the doctor, and their whole fucking computer system was down. They were doing everything by paper. Everything was in disarray. They had no records. In the middle of a fucking pandemic. Pandemic. Uh, the th- the funny thing is is contingencies always like so the big you know I've been telling you about the grid. I've been reading a lot about the grid, but you know you remember the massive. <laughs> blackout in 2003 that knocked out massive portions of the northeast basically the entire northeast grid was more was in and out for about two weeks i feel like i remember that yeah it all happened because a tree limb outside of akron ohio drooped sagged a little too low onto a power line and a software bug in uh, a power plant in a virus yeah it didn't detect it and so they didn't know. And so soon enough, like, they started to have it, um, you know, it started to cause, like, chains of outages. And uh, and before you know it, you had a massive blackout. <laughs> the entire state of Ohio became an uh, electricity sink. All electricity, you know, as more and more um, power plants were sort of switching off to try to um, contain the problem, all electricity just started becoming concentrated in the state of Ohio. <laughs> It's like they had unreasonable power and the rest they, of us were kind of shut off. They had unreasonable power. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, things happen, man. I mean, it's like, it surprises Sanders went with Trump. I mean. <laughs> That's another thing that nobody could have predicted. Sanders like, going with Trump. Sanders going with Trump. <laughs> <laughs> His face. Just, Mr. Biden, what do you think about, uh, what, what, what were they even asking him? Dude, I've, okay, so let me tell you exactly, because I can, I have an approximation of what was going on with Biden, because I have a little bit of hearing loss, and sometimes I overcorrect, just like, when I don't hear people, but I kind of act like I did, Yeah. and I kind of like, have that kind of like, 
Biden didn't understand the question at all. He was just mumbling some. I was surprised the Sanders go with Trump. <laughs> if I were the DNC, I would plead everything. He's, I mean, I, I, the stutter thing's legit. Okay, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not pouncing on him for saying I'm an Biden Obama Democrat. Like I do little slips like that. <laughs> yeah, I that's mean. that's normal. That's like just like aging. Right, okay. Right. What's not normal is I'm running for U.S. Senate in South Carolina, and if you don't like me, you can vote for the other Biden. <laughs> right. That's not normal. Mixing up your wife and, and your, your sister, sister. <laughs> not not normal. Also very problematic. <clears throat> um, in what sense? Like from a woke standpoint or like it'll get you in the doghouse standpoint? Just not, there's <laughs> nothing about that good. Uh Mm-hmm. This is where I throw in a Kentucky joke if I was one of those self-hating people. But. About incest. Yeah. yeah, but that'd make you a lazy comedian. Yeah, so I'm not a lazy you comedian. You don't want to do that. Yeah. So we just won't make a joke at all and you won't get to laugh. <clears throat> How's that sound, everybody? That's a good point. You, you don't get to laugh at all. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I just understand the... Uh, Biden's gone, people. <laughs> the guy I, that was Barack's buddy... Like, I'm speaking to the liberals right now. He's gone. He yeah. Right now, what's happening is there might as well be a non-sentient thing with a biolipid fatty layer. <laughs> it's like driving the wheel, but it doesn't speak English. It doesn't, it doesn't have, like, cogent thoughts. Yeah. And uh, not good. I was surprised Sanders went with Trump. <laughs> <laughs> That dude, they all but shoved that motherfucker in the back of that SUV, <laughs> right? <laughs> he goes, and he turned, he turned around just like all disoriented. He goes, I just don't understand. I don't understand. I'm, no, he goes, I'm surprised. That's I'm all. Surprised. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> surprised. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Well, here we are. Here we are on Wednesday, the 11th of. March, um, we're both surprised that Sanders went with Trump, and uh, you know it's one of those days where um, everybody says the sky is falling if you are a Bernie supporter. Um, but before we really dig into the nuts and bolts of this, just keep in mind that less than half the states have voted, right? Like there's still a lot of delegates up for grabs. A lot of delegates up for grabs. There's you know, it's like in Denmark or in Holland that time when the little boy stuck his finger in the dike. <laughs> saved Holland. I'm still not sure what this anecdote is, and I have never been sure at any I'm point. I'm saying there's still time to stick our finger in the dike. That's what I'm getting at. I see what you're saying. Um, so there's still plenty of race left, but there's really not. <laughs> there's plenty of racism left to me. <laughs> <laughs> to be delved out. To be delved out. Plenty of verbal <laughs> abuse of women on Twitter to be done. That's right. Um, but seriously, uh, because we live in a, a we, because we have a primary that is so staggered and, and unde- undemocratic, it's entirely possible that Sanders may be cooked. He may be. We may not get to vote for him here in Kentucky, which would be an, a real big. Bu- I mean, I'll, I'm going to write him in regardless. We're writing him in to the end. But it would be a real tragedy if he went out even earlier this time than he did in 2016. 
Because I mean, because Kentucky's one of the last primaries, and I remember getting to vote for him in twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Um, so it's um, but I don't know the way these things work. It's kind of like stocks. Like you know, if, if they start to lose faith in the candidate, then it's kind of like a feedback loop, and then people stop wanting to go volunteer and other stuff. Me personally, I'm not like that at all. I mean, I'm, I'm cut of different material. Well, here's the thing that I <laughs> and I pointed this out on Twitter is, uh, you know, I've made several donations to the Sanders campaign, of pithy amounts like sixty nine cents and six dollars and ninety cents and four dollars and twenty cents, and even on one occasion gave sixty nine dollars. That was tough. <laughs> I'm not looking for a pat on the back for it. It's just the kind of guy I am. Uh, right. But for I want my money's worth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm you got a war chest. Let's just these people fucking hate us anyway. Let's just go to the end. Let's go to the convention. We might as well. <laughs> if nothing else, just to piss them off. It's like like everybody that's going to vote for Biden is going to vote for Biden anyway. Yeah, Biden is not. I assure you, Joe Biden is not winning any new voters from this day on till fucking november 7th or whenever it is what what, qual- what classifies as a, a new voter someone who's a bernie voter currently or you mean like uh i just mean like the people that are bernie supporters that are going to vote blue no matter who are going to do that yeah the people that are bernie or bust they're going to do that mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. i just don't think there's many people that are like Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do if Biden's elected. You know that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, just don't yeah think, I know what you mean. I just don't think there's. I think most people are resolute. And it's the same thing with the Warren shit. They've already decided they're. Yeah. Everybody before they supported Warren knew who their B was. Yeah. You know what I mean? We just don't change that much. Right. Right. Um. So you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to develop a new theory of this, and then I'm. <laughs> I don't know point is is i think we should just write it out i think we should make some noise at the convention i think we should try to compete everywhere we can compete still and not give up the not give up because it's still doable you know what i mean it's like there's still enough but i think the, the i think the thing here is this is have you seen like i don't know i mean and granted i know this sounds batshit conspiratorial but i don't really give a fuck because if we if the if the fucking clintonites can have their crackpot theories so can we right have you seen like all these like the discrepancies in the exit polls versus like yeah i was talking with somebody about that the other day when i was canvassing come on <laughs> bro it's very fucking suspicious. you mean to tell me bernie sanders in the negative every goddamn time what so uh, the exit polls but mike bloomberg's polling in the 20s by exit polls do you mean uh, like the issues that they support the the issues that people I th- well, I, I, I don't i think it's just who they support going in versus how the votes turned out right 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 i know what you mean um yeah so I, you mean to tell me 20 percent of people that were devoted sanders voters in california went in there and when they left they were not Sanders supporters. <laughs> hey, man, something happens to you in that voting booth. I can. Well, tell I mean, you. I, yeah, you get delirious <laughs> for staying in line for fucking seven hours and relying on people to send you pizza and water. Right. <laughs> you get very dehydrated. Yeah. You're holding in pee, so yeah. you start to get a bladder yeah, infection. I guess Bloomberg makes some sense. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's you get a UTI, so it starts fucking with your cognitive capabilities. And then before you know it, you're walking out saying... I'm surprised that Sanders win with Trump. It's <laughs> just surprised. Sanders surprised Sanders. It's just surprising. That's all I'm saying. 
But here's the thing, man. Here's the thing, man. Okay. I'm telling you, there's something. I you think there's some chicanery. I think there's some malarkey, too. <laughs> I think there's a healthy <laughs> dose of malarkey, too. Listen, two plus two still got them four. I'm telling you. I swear to God, Joe Biden couldn't fill up my apartment. If we if they held a Joe Biden rally here, I'm convinced we'd probably have like we'd probably have sixty people turn out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean it would be it would be okay. They would pack out my apartment, but that's about it. Anything yeah, much yeah, bigger yeah. they wouldn't. And meanwhile we got Bernie coming out here. Uh, he's selling I mean not selling out, but he's like packing out arenas, you know, holding these big like looks like goddamn Pentecostal tent revivals. We got a bunch of people out there. Not dissimilar because we got a lot of people at those looking to get healed too. <laughs> but it, how does that translate? Okay. Yeah. How does that translate? How do you throw these massive events and yet you get dusted? It's just, it just, there's just, there's something else afoot. I'm sorry. And I know what the liberal, oh, well, you're just sowing the seeds and you're no better than Trump. Like, like fuck you all. Y'all spent the last two goddamn years talking about Russians. And Mueller. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, okay. So we can say that maybe something is amiss, uh, awry, something, someone's pulling some strings behind some curtains. Um, I Listen. I think there's, I mean, there's other things afoot too. Like we were talking about yesterday, like, you know, perhaps that people relate to politics through TV and other like sort of media forms and maybe we didn't spend enough there versus on the ground or whatever the case may be. I mean, there's other things, right? But I'm just saying like, to me, that just doesn't account for all of it. Well, Bernie beat Hillary in in Michigan when, when, when he wasn't supposed to. Well, last year, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, so there's a few ways to look at this. There is the 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 method that you just laid out, the conspiratorial method. They're they're pulling the strings. They're pulling levers. We That's can't. That's what I'm here for, man. I I believe in the <laughs> hidden hands of the Rothschilds and the Masons and all that. Um, so there's that. Uh, then there's um, the diagnosis issued by Eric Levitz in the New York Magazine, uh, the New York Magazine. Um, and his diagnosis is basically that, um, and, and he's not the only one, I've seen other people say this too, that um, what Bernie did wrong was um, position himself as the outsider anti-establishment candidate, but didn't fully commit to the role and sort of needlessly antagonized the Democratic establishment when he should have been chasing after reliable votes and reliable voters. Um, and this is kind of the underlying premise behind the whole war and unity thing, t- too. It's basically that, like, if you want to win, you have to build a coalition. And uh, whether it's Bernie or I'm sorry, whether it's Bernie and Warren or Bernie and Biden, a coalition has to be brokered at some point to actually push you over the line um, to see your progressive, you know, policies or whatever become enacted. I uh I think I think there's a lot of contradictions in that one and I don't know if I really agree with that one either. Here's my diagnosis for what happened. All right, finally, <laughs> getting to some serious analysis. You want the serious analysis? This is I'm just basing this this off of my minuscule experience canvassing and phone or I'm not phone banked. I don't. I don't like talking to people on the phone. <laughs> I don't do the phone. I either do it in person or over text. <laughs> um, but it, you know, texting and canvassing. 
Um, and here's what I think it is. Here's what I think. I think this is part part of it. I think that most Americans conceive of politics as just this other realm or this other stop on the sort of civic tour of duty. They see lawyers in the court systems. They see the military. They see uh, politicians. It, you know, you know. Uh, they see church life, the hospitals. You know what I mean? Like, there's all these institutions of civic life in right. this country. And they just see politics as just another entry in that. They don't really... One, two, that, and they have a strong body of evidence for, doesn't yield much of a return. That's exactly right. They themselves, not only does the Democratic Party establishment not think of politics as of something that can make people's lives better, but I think most people in this country also don't think of politics in that way. They just see it as a given. Sometimes it's corrupt and fucked up. Sometimes it does some good things, like you get some better health care. But overall, it's Generally, just... Generally, I think most working people believe that you're at the whims of just whatever's happening at the time. Right. Yeah. Because, like, on Monday, I, I canvassed um, for the Price Hill neighborhood in Cincinnati, which was a working-class neighborhood through and through. A heavily integrated, racially integrated neighborhood too, which was very surprising. A racially integrated working class neighborhood, <clears throat> and I never, I didn't hear any overall predispositions one way or the other. I had plenty of people who said that they were going for Bernie, but I had an equal amount of numbers say they were undecided, and then I had a handful say that they were going for Biden. Yeah. But mostly, it was either undecided um, or which Bernie. means they might not vote too. Which means they might not or vote might at not, all. Or might not be able to vote. Well, that's, I think that that's the thing. Um, and so, like, that just tells me that, like, again, people, I mean, if they're on this list, too, that means that we've, they've voted in the past right. and have engaged in Democratic Party politics in the past. So that just tells me that they're just kind of like, well, whatever, uh, you know, um, Maybe they're voting because they associate Biden with Obama, or maybe they associate Bernie with better policies. But I don't even really think that that's it. I think it's just that, like, gun to your head, who are you voting for? Yeah, like, you're. you're, you're like, <laughs> the the reality is, 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 and I think Matt, Matt Crispin made a good point on Twitter. He said that Republicans condition their leaders and Democrats condition their voters. I think most people are conditioned to think that. You know, whoever the Dem is is who we need to vote for, and they and just don't feel compelled to turn out in primaries. Yeah, which as tracks with like what well, our theory of Sanders anyway is that like he's going to have a bigger uphill climb getting through these primaries versus the general, which he would almost certainly beat Trump. I, I'd say that's definitely true. Just anecdotally from the people I talked to, the vast majority of them didn't know there, were, there was even a primary. Yeah, in Ohio next Tuesday. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like that explanation for things would explain why people's ideologies are so incoherent and weird. Talk to this one woman who was a Bloomberg supporter and is now a hardcore Bernie supporter. Yeah. I mean, th this person just, was living... Nothing changed about her material circumstances in no, the span of a couple weeks no. or whatever. She was like living in an apartment complex. You know what I mean? It's just... I, again, I think it's just like you see politics almost kind of like... People have pointed this out before as kayfabe or theater or something like that. And then, the, you know, and then you sort of like measure your own immediate circumstances according to that. And you're like, well, I mean, 
gun to my head, you know. Like it's it's also just sort of a bourgeois conceit, just historically. I mean, that's just I mean that's just on the face of it true because black people didn't get the right to vote till my mom was eleven fucking years old. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's so like there's still that sort of well, people thing keep, of it too. This is the thing that people keep saying is pointing to Biden's success so far is that he's managed to mobilize the black vote in a way that Bernie hasn't. You think that that's true? I have no idea. I mean, I haven't looked at the numbers either. I have no idea. I, uh-uh. I mean, if I, I do know this though, it's you know, if, I, if that's true, then that would mean that Bernie running against the Democratic Party is a detriment to him, because if that's true, then that means that those black voters, and someone pointed this out on Twitter, see the Democratic Party as almost a sort of bulwark against either white supremacy or as the party that delivered voting rights and all these other things, right. and so that Bernie running against that. Threatens that. Threatens that. I mean, particularly with an older generation, I could, and I can yeah, see that. But I would need case. to see the breakdown of the yeah, age I don't know. I'm not going to comment on that because I have no idea. But I think that there could be some sense to that. And also, just like, and you know, we mentioned this on the other episode, there's so many impediments to working people voting anyway. Just that, that strangely, the Democrats have never really engaged and never really, also, too have never really engaged things like gerrymandering and all that kind of stuff in like a serious way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I find that interesting. People that would otherwise they're they're there's like they're doing next to nothing to remove hurdles for people that otherwise would vote for even their just tepid agenda. Well, I think that you have to I mean, we were talking about this the other day, or almost sort of expand the umbrella of what's under voter suppression. Because I would put disillusionment under voter suppression. A lot of people I talked to the other day were just like I was, you, I was talking to this one guy, and we were telling him about Bernie. He was mostly on board, but his girlfriend was in the room and, and was like, it's all just rigged anyways. She was like yelling at us through the door. And it's just like, how do you really engage with that? Because it's like on one hand, you want to tell him, yeah, it is. And that's why we all need to get together and vote for Bernie. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like. That's a tough sale. Yeah, because, you know, he's got stuff you're he's right. <laughs> got to do. Yeah, like he can't take time out of his life or work schedule or whatever to go vote. You know, yeah. then it's like. I don't know, man. The funniest response I got, though, <laughs> the funniest response I got was this uh, was this woman we were talking to, and she said she was undivi- uh, undecided. And we were like, well, you know, well, what issues are most important to you? Like, what what could we say, you know, that would uh, make Bernie's policies more uh, attractive to you? And she just looked at us and she said, well, fix this damn city. <laughs> we were like... <laughs> we got to give us a chance for. for yeah, I was like, I don't really know what Bernie's platform is on fucking Cincinnati, <laughs> but I can check. I got, I'll check. I get back with you. I, I mean, again, I I don't know. It was just a, after canvassing on Monday and then watching the results roll in Tuesday. It all kind of made it sort of softened the blow a little bit because mm-hmm. I kind of was expecting it to go the way that it did on Tuesday. Just because it just, the whole premise of the th- Sanders theory of change was that you're activating all of these working class n- people who are either disaffected from the political process or have even never really engaged with it at all. <clears throat> it didn't seem like that was really p- playing, panning out. And also, too, I reasons. mean, and also, too, that could be by virtue of the primary, too. I think that's a huge part of. Well, it. I, I, I I don't think that that theory of change is is not real, but I think too that a lot of people's first entry into 
first foray into politics is probably not going to be a Democratic primary. Well, dude, think about this. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's hard. The staggered nature of this primary means that um, it's a long like war of attrition, a slog. And so it's like if you wanted to set up a ground game in a state like Kentucky, you wouldn't even be able to start until mid-April. Mid-April, Because yeah. you don't even know if you'll even be in it in mid-May. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's like if... If everything went all at once, like in, say, fucking May or right before the convention, you know, then you'd be able to establish a few months of a ground game and organizing. But just going out and parachuting in and canvassing, it's it's instructive. I, I encourage everyone to do it because you learn a lot, but it's not really, like, deep I, organizing. I'm going to use – I want to point to another system that's also rigged and flawed and because also there's a lot of child brain fucking libs in my mansions, uh, you know, talking about – how we're just pouting and taking our ball and going home now. Uh-huh. So I'm going to speak to them in terms they can understand. So <laughs> I'll use my own sports analysis here. The Democratic primaries, really primaries in general, are sort of like the college football playoff system. Yeah. Like you play this long, physical, grueling season, right? And those that endure to the end are usually rewarded and get to play in the playoff or whatever, which is four teams. But let's say that you're uh, – quarterback gets mono in week six you know you have a bad showing somewhere in some marginal state you know early on iowa or nevada or wherever yeah that hurts you going for that hurts your momentum going forward and hurts your case going forward yeah into places that you could win you know what i mean like bernie's absolutely gonna win west virginia i could tell 538 like so they said they had like bernie at like minus 24 there. And I can tell you on the face of that, that's bullshit. Right. There's right. no prayer Biden wins West Virginia. He's just, it's just not going to happen. I, I would, I'm going to hedge here and say it could happen, but I'm just saving you a little bit of ass. Okay. Well, <laughs> a little bit of space. Fine. Well, I just think, I just think the conditions are not right for Biden win West Virginia. That, to your point now that it seems like he looks like the odds on favorite, then maybe. He yeah. might win West Virginia, man. I mean, he is. He, dude, I'm telling you, I mentioned this last week. Do you think he's completely divorced from Obama and the world call? Yeah. Like, you don't think that the voters in the coal states would hold that against him? No. Really? I don't. Interesting. No, I think Uncle Joe is like, despite all of his... You he's know, not winning by 24 fucking points in West Virginia. Oh, I don't think it'll be a blowout by any means. No. But I think he has a very real possibility of it. Yeah. Dude, again, we have amnesia in this country. Sure. You know, we, we have this blurred nostalgia. Well, and even that, this goes back to what I was saying earlier. If you see elections as just another sort of civic institution, a duty that you go to, like you go to the fucking military or uh, go to, you know, or, or an institution like schools or anything like that, then that means your image of America is static. And that means that it's not this dynamic process of change moving towards some sort of event horizon of liberation. That means that it is static and that we are all involved in this experiment together. It's the whole American dream melting pot. It's all the American ideologies. City on the hill where the light's always out. And it's always been out. We'll continue to be out. Right. Then if that's the case, if you view your immediate circumstances through that lens, which I'd be more than willing to bet most Americans do because it's been drilled into us from a very young age, then like, you know, you don't really see, uh, I don't know. I think that in 2016, those states that went hard for Bernie over Hillary were voting 
anti-Hillary. They're right. voting against the Clintons. They're voting against this. You know, Biden in this whole race has never said anything remotely bad about coal. He may go to these auto workers and argue with them <laughs> to their face. <laughs> you're full of shit, man. Yeah, hey, man. Hey, Jack, you're full of shit. <laughs> hey, you're full of shit, Jack. I you want to go outside with me? I was surprised Sanders with Bernie, man. <laughs> when are we going to get that? When he had divorces Bernie from Sanders and starts referring to them as two different people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... One thing Bernie absolutely has to do is he's got to stay in for this debate. Like, you hear the people crowing and uh, he's got to stay in for this debate. And he's way too nice to make light of Joe's obvious cognitive decline. Yeah. And he's just going to try to rail him on policy. Yeah. Really, what he should do is just make him draw a clock. I think that uh, it would be insane for him to drop out before that debate. And honestly, I think he's got a great chance after that debate yeah. because people need to see them one-on-one. Yeah. And that might have a lot to do with it. People actually do sort of watch debates, or at least a lot of the people that I've talked to so far. Um, you know, so that might have a big thing. But what I'm, you know, <laughs> you know the thing. <laughs> you know the thing. <laughs> it might have a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> but like... If I could just return to this idea once again, the the path that Bernie is carving out here is razor thin. It's so hard to thread the needle between Amer- billionaires are destroying America. Or, oh, no. Billionaires are destroying society on one hand. And on the other hand, like, what is society? You know? We, 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 that's the thing that he's never really asked. Like, we've never really interrogated what it is that is slipping away from us, that is deteriorating all around us. It's just kind of like a given that like, oh, this is the bad thing and it's happening. So like if he doesn't ever venture into that territory, it can never intervene into that idea of America that everybody has. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's instilled into them. But now what's weird is, is we're starting to see signs of that. Oh, we've never faced an epidemic, a pandemic in this country. Since, well, not the Spanish flu. Not one in the social media age. No. <laughs> I you mean, know? you know, there was HIV and there was... Uh, swine flu right i mean just i'm talking about like you know in the twitter da 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 swine flu i wouldn't consider a pandemic you don't think so no i didn't get swine flu (laughs) ergo not a pandemic we were young strapping lads when a lot of people around me got swine flu really yeah we have of course i do comport myself as a hypochondriac in a way that would reduce my chances anyway by washing my hands 18 times a day i guess we haven't really had a a large scale globally integrated pandemic since like the spanish bird flu i mean i don't know was polio yeah i mean i'm probably being uncharitable i'm just saying like typically we don't think of these things we think of these things as just something that magically dissipated our shores you know what i mean Mm -hmm. even though you can tell with climate change we're seeing like people getting dengue in louisiana (laughs) and places like that you know stuff that used to be in south america or latin america or wherever you know warmer places uh, but it is, it is, um, I don't know. These here's the dog years, my man. You think it's real bad? I think it's, I think it's going to get, <laughs> I hope, I hope I'm wrong about this too. I'm not doomsaying at all. I don't want to, I'm not going back to being black pill. It's just, one, it's just bad for me. <laughs> but two, I don't think that, I mean, you don't think you accomplish anything, but just, you know, everything's fucked and doom and gloom. And so why even try? But I think we are. 
heading for some challenges. <laughs> <clears throat> and I think uh, we need each other more than ever now. You know, and, you know, win, lose, or draw, this Bernie thing, I think we have to keep our coalitions together. I think we have to keep being in the pocket for one another. I think we need to figure out what's next and, you know, not slow down because, like, God damn. I mean, Joe Biden's going to be a disaster for climate. Yes. Well, I mean, and it's entirely possible. I mean, like, let's say the country goes into a deep recession. I mean, and the voters hang it on Trump's neck and they vote for Biden. That, I mean, that's something we've talked about. Like, <laughs> if everybody's saying that Biden for sure loses to Trump, under the right circumstances, I mean, I, I generally agree with that, but under the right circumstances, that's not guaranteed. No, like, nothing in politics is guaranteed. And it's funny, like, this has been a hard lesson I've had to learn. It's just... Because I've gone through moments in the past few weeks where I've been totally triumphalist and just been like, we're about to steamroll these motherfuckers. Dude, I was like, <laughs> I was like two weeks ago, I was like Usain Bolt crossing the finish. You know when yeah. he broke the world record? And he was so far ahead that he could turn around and pound his chest yeah. as he's crossing the finish line. That was me. That was us. <laughs> and he broke the world record doing that. We're like, we're going to fucking steamroll these assholes. I saw fucking, I saw Chuck Roca on the, on the fucking, uh. Facebook Live or something saying we're going to win 47 out of 50 primaries. <laughs> and I mean, I didn't believe it, but I was like, hell yeah, Chuck. I saw you last night just staring into the mirror just saying 47 out of 50 primaries. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, listen, for all this, for all this, listen, the reality is, is, is it's going to be an uphill climb, but we've, we have outs. Well, look, uh, Regardless of whether Bernie wins, goes on to win the presidency or not, there's one, you know, one consistent factor through all this is that um, there's one remaining truism throughout all this, which is that the rest of our lives are going to be spent trying to unfuck every bad thing that's happened in the last specifically in the last 20 years, but really in the last, like, 250 years. There's the thing. I mean, yeah. You know, because regardless, if he wins, then that changes what how we try to do that, and if he loses, then that changes, changes how, we, how we have to do that. But regardless, as millennials, as our generation, we have been assigned the historical task of making sure that that happens that we that again that we dedicate our lives to we're building a bridge to the 22nd century <laughs> that's right that hopefully <laughs> that we can maintain and the world's not you know yeah no it looks like something out of mad max again it's not it's not a uh, great it's definitely not comforting to hear but i'm sorry to break it to you that's just the cards you were dealt that's that's like in history that happens. Sometimes you are bound. <laughs> Sometimes you are bound to your historical circumstances, and you don't really get to enjoy the life. <laughs> <laughs> and so it will be given up to sacrifice and tragedy and defeat and sometimes victory and fulfillment and and all these other things. But regardless, Bernie, win or lose, we are consigned That's to that still fate. Our lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, it so. could be a lot. We could our, our lows could have their complement of highs if we could, you know, elect Bernie and whatever. Right, right. But no. Yeah. So I mean like I'm already call that whatever you want it. I think probably six months ago people were calling it nihilism and I'm seeing that come back now. People online being like, I beg of you, do not go into nihilism, do not go into doom saying and it's like 
okay, just because I, my thoughts on the electoral process may not be, I may not have a hundred or a thousand percent faith in it. Does not mean I'm a nihilist. I'm by nihilist. Any any stretch. Any stretch. That doesn't, However, mean, doesn't mean we're giving up. <laughs> all I said. Yeah. I'm still fucking going canvassing next week. Yeah. <laughs> regardless. Yeah. I'm, I'm, listen, that's my stance, man. Like, I've got I've got skin in this, and I don't give a fuck if James Carville pisses and moans till the fucking cows come home, or near a tandem and says all this, that, and the third. I say we hold the fucking gun to their head, and we keep we stretch this as long as we fucking can get our money's worth. They hate us anyway. Yeah, but they, they, there's no amount of groveling or being nice or whatever that will make them like you. Yeah, that this being, is politics too. And 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 I have to tell myself this sometimes too, because when you uh, when you experience a defeat or something like that, you start thinking. Like, oh, what did we do wrong? Were we not conciliatory enough to them? Were we not nice enough? To- Don't fall in. Did we do the Eric Levitt's thing and be like, oh, were we, you know, did we not chase after the traditional part- Democratic Party voters enough and all this? It doesn't, doesn't fucking matter. matter. It does not fucking matter. Uh, uh, it remains true that foreign working people do not participate in the electoral process to the extent that they do. It's probably not going to make a whole lot of sense to you, but that's what organizing is. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about it. It's like uh, the, the I guess the uh, the hard um, facts about how we uh, you know persuade people the particulars. That's that is a other question. I, don't, I really don't have any answers for you there. Yeah. But um, regardless, it remains true. And but the thing is, and this is why I encourage everybody to go canvas. No matter how long Bernie's in this, you should go canvas because it's like. I personally think canvassing is mostly pointless. I don't think it's really how you win. I I mean, it's probably good in some ways. I mean, you get out the vote and everything else. You remind people that there's a primary, but but I think that you're not you're not you're not doing any you're not doing yourself any favors by not getting out there though. You know what I mean? No, I think that you can learn a (laughs) well. Joe Biden is, but but that's a different thing. Right, right, right. (laughs) But you can learn a lot about America, and if you're trying to change America, you need to learn a little bit about it. You need to learn a little bit about it. (laughs) And that 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 is also that's not just like talking to people. That's also just like literally experiencing for yourself how everything is spatially arranged to make collective action as difficult as possible, as possible. everything is so atomized it's like it, it is and i hate to use the biblical because that's just my only reference point but it truly is like the tower of babel yeah after 1848 um louis napoleon completely changed the streets of paris because uh, in 1830 and in 1848 um the people were able to mount these, you know, they call it mounting the barricades, but, you know, they were able to mount these really effective street insurrections. Yeah. And after that, Louis Napoleon was like, wow. Let's change the architecture. Yeah, let's change the architecture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's like, you forget that that's a thing that the ruling class does. And so, like, when you go out there and canvas, you're like, oh, shit, man. Like, everybody is so disconnected Nothing's from each other. an accident, man. Yeah. It, it, it really it, is. Nothing is an accident. And so, it, again, it helps you to see that in action, but it also, you're helping break that down and you're talking to people. And um, maybe I've got the podcaster brain, but I love talking to people. I just fucking love, like, you know, just asking people a bunch of questions and, you know, <laughs> like having them explain it in their own terms, like why things are the way they are. <laughs> Whether they want to talk to me or not, you know. <laughs> Single mother of four gets off her shift as a waitress. Terrence is yeah. like, "Hey, hey, can I- listen, what's your thing? What, what do you think about the Marxist critique of the Gotham program?" 
right. First right. thoughts. First thoughts. It's a quick read. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, but another thing that we have to remember that, like, in all great battles, retreating and reassessing is a thing. We can't throw all of our fucking bodies at the fucking whatever and just hope, you know, in a, that's nihilism. That's a form of nihilism. Just, like, saying... No doomsdayism. Everybody shape the fuck up. Walk headlong into the fucking fire. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that, that is a, in itself a form of self-defeatism. Um, <laughs> it's also bordering on fascism. <laughs> I'd argue. Yeah, like, you know, we, c- we can reassess. We're trying to win this uh, in the long run. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is that the Sanders campaign brought us all together in a shared common cause for a time. And uh, that was really good and beneficial. Um, and we shouldn't let that go. Yeah, and, and you got to hold on to it as long as you can. And if you can't, or if it goes away, or if you fucking um, suspends this campaign. Bad. <laughs> Dude, my fucking the brain. Thing. My brain has not been working this entire time. If he suspends the thing. <laughs> Dude, I've, I've not been sleeping at all. <laughs> I've been up all fucking night reading the goddamn website and news. I've been reading the fucking news, man. And that means no sleep. That's all right, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so I, anyways, um, I've, I've, I've got no triumphalism or words of inspiration this week like we maybe have had last week. We are, we are now in the phase of podcasts, all of us collectively, every leftist podcast, where none of these episodes are going to be decipherable two or, years or, from or, now. Or, or age <laughs> they're not well. they're not going to age well. Yeah. People listening to this two years from now will be like, who the fuck? Chance went cares? to Cincinnati one time was talking <laughs> single moms. Hitting on single moms. What was that? <laughs> yeah. Um but uh you know what? We're doing it for you, the people. We're turning over our our um platforms for uh you the people. That does not mean you get to come on our show. Do not ask. <laughs> if you are of the people does not mean you get to come on <laughs> I'll let you come on get this guy but anyways um, so uh, anything else anything else we didn't cover in all that this is neither an uplifting episode nor a down pushing and that's and, 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 <laughs> and honestly no, but honestly that just reflects the reality we got a lot to be hopeful about we got a lot to be depressed about yeah so yeah. it's just uh yeah that's pretty accurate. it's fine to fill all of it that's pretty accurate yeah but like literally what the fuck i mean you've got biden not doing any ground game organizing at all and still beating bernie in michigan you know what i mean like not doing any on the ground Man, it's I tell you, it's just like it's just like the way this shit is set up. It's the reason why they call these primaries with one percent reporting and that kind of shit. It's to sway the public perception of people that are A still at the polls, yeah. B getting ready to go to the polls in the coming weeks in terms of like who's viable and who's not. Right. And so a lot of this stuff is a concerted effort to paint Bernie as not electable because oh, well, it's basically a virtual time Washington. No, the fuck we know Bernie's gonna win Washington. Right. Right. It's the same shit they like in Texas, like which surprised the hell of me. They called it for Biden, even though we've got millions of votes uncounted for. That was a very close election and people should be absolutely agitating for recounts and deeper scrutiny. 
That's another thing. We should we should scrutinize the fucking shit out of every contest that looked like. We we really should be agitating. Um, that is another form of agitation, right? <laughs> Just uh, even if we got beat by six million goddamn votes in Tennessee, and there ain't six million people in fucking Tennessee, <laughs> we want a goddamn recanvas. <laughs> I want every vote count. I want to know that everything about every goddamn polling station that was pulled, right? <laughs> and seriously, if we start Inspected seeing enough inconsistencies, I want Tom Perez on a spit. I want Barack yeah. Obama on a spit. Yeah. I hate them all and I want them off. <laughs> well, if if that is the case, if Bernie wins <clears throat> loses this, do you think it's um They are they're already calling us crazy. Well yeah. <laughs> Might as well go for broke. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I'm I'm with you. Do you think it's proof though that people chose Biden's policies over Bernie's? No. No, I don't think at all. I think I think Biden needed a lifeline. He got Jim Clyburn in South Carolina to vouch for him or whatever, give him that endorsement. He got that. It swung a lot of momentum in the South. Probably a lot of people in the South are Republicans that vote as Democrats. I mean, that, that's just a thing that happens. Um, I mean, look at look no further than Eastern Kentucky. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, I don't know. I mean, we could sit here and kick around theories all day, but, you know. Well, I mean, it is, it is also equally plausible that – a lot of people who voted for Bernie in 2016 saw the way that they did him in 2016 and was like, fuck that. Like, they're just going to rig it against them again. Yeah. And just fucking. And they might not be wrong. They signed up for the black pill and then went for Biden, which it's like Tanya has said before, like, you can't really blame anybody at that point. I mean, if you if your day to day life is just grinding immiseration, I mean. You don't see any way out. You don't see any hope for the future. Just take the Biden pill because it's yeah, or, or the Trump pill. Out. Well, yeah, that's what's going to happen uh, again. Trump wins this nine times out of ten, unless there's a recession. <laughs> unless there's a recession, which yeah. there might be. It's kind of yeah. looking like there's going to be. Yeah. Um, but even then, he still might win it. Even if there's a recession, he still might win it. <laughs> well, the the. Man, I don't know though, bro. Because look, voter turnout is way up this year and in 2018. And I'm even gonna say this: I'm even gonna fucking give you a, a real black pill, my friend. I'm even gonna say it's possible Amy McGrath might beat Mitch McConnell. Think about it. <laughs> what did we say? I bet if you rewound the tape of the Trillbillies back to a year ago, maybe maybe about nine months ago. We said, we live in hell world. We live in the world, worst world imaginable. So you have to go out and game out. I just saw it, man. I just saw it. I just saw it. Amy McGrath standing on the steps of some place, and everybody's cheering, and she's pulled the... The worst person in the world has pulled the greatest electoral upset. Yes. Because that's, that's that in some wouldn't ways. That, would that not be consistent with everything we've seen? The worst person in the world pulling off the greatest upset? And then the same with Biden. <laughs> Could you imagine, bro? It's a Can you imagine possible. the most insufferable people, affluent liberals, now run the world? Yeah. And, and, they're persuaded that they're on the right side of history, but their policies differ in no meaningful way. No. <laughs> like ICE is not going to disband nor quit being as, no. you know, no. evil as they are. 
I mean, we're, we're still going to be an endless warfare. This is what really Jamie Dimon's still going to Jamie Dimon and Mike Bloomberg are going to control the <laughs> the World Bank and the, the Treasury. IMF and the Treasury. Yeah, uh, this is what kind of irks me so badly about the Eric Levitzes of the world and like that thinking that um, we have to build coalition, we have to build a left liberal coalition. Is that at the end of the day, I. Do fund and this is really scary and frightening, but it's something that I don't think a lot of us really want to grapple with, myself included. It's very terrifying. But at the end of the day, the conservatives and the liberals are our enemies, and we can't lose sight of that fact. That's also they have way more in common, and they have a lot more in common. Yeah, they absolutely. And and, and, and let's make no mistake about this. Let's make no mistake about this. For all, for every liberal that's in my mansions telling me that I'm callous because I would not vote for Joe Biden or something like that, that I think about this, think about that, they don't see that the Democratic Party is so callous as to not give a significant chunk of their keyed-in electorate, even the most minimal demands to for them to live a dignified life, but also that they're so reckless that they're willing to run. This guy who stands for nothing with cognitive decline <laughs> against a guy who stands for nothing with cognitive decline <laughs> stands for nothing with cognitive <laughs> decline, but it's funny. <laughs> Has great rhetorical gifts right. <laughs> in some ways. Well, I mean, you saw the numbers, like that. You saw that graph that's been going around Twitter of the voter turnout in michigan where it's like 80 percent 81 percent 81 percent 18 to 35 18 to 35 year olds and then like 70 percent 65 and up yeah you know what i mean it could not be clearer that there is a fundamental contradiction here that the democratic party will not be able to resolve they will not be able to resolve and the funny thing is is they really fucked themselves out of a key demographic that they lean on. Like, there will be no more Barack Obamas. Bro, it, that's why you saw Van Jones last night on CNN losing his a, fucking... He made a great point. Right, he did right. make a great point. No, it, 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 but it's, he's making a great point because he's lamenting the fact that he just watched his party throw a lot of fucking throw people... Throw the future away. Throw the future away. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know why? Because fundamentally, they're a death cult. They know there's no future. That's exactly right. They're a death cult just exactly like the conservatives are. So that's why they're playing the short game, because they know there's no long game. (laughs) There's no long game, man. And that's why there's no left liberal coalition. How can you coalition with people that are in a death cult? (laughs) Can't be reasoned with, man. They can't be reasoned with. No. And so it's scary, because it illuminates how few of them there are, uh, how few of us there are. As compared to them. But at the same time, it's also kind of, I don't know, I find it kind of illuminating and promising. It's knowledge, you know? And anytime you gain insight into your uh, social material circumstances, that makes you a better radical and a better activist. I don't know. It means that you're, you've got a better grasp on reality which is more than we can say for the people at the top. They may have the resources, but we've got the knowledge, man. <laughs> got the knowledge, man. Because knowledge is power, bro. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever heard that? <laughs> Are you familiar with that saying? There's something with that, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Should not have a fucking media platform. <laughs> um, 
But yes, yeah, that's why you see Van Jones belly aching that, you know, we just fucking threw away an entire generation. Because they know that the gun uh, to their head is fucking loaded. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, are you looking at me like that because you got to go? No, no way I do, but. Um. <laughs> No, that was just I was just lost in thought. <laughs> well, um, you know, I hope that this does not make you discouraged because you definitely should not be discouraged. Uh, I've been myself. I've been on the what you would call the left, really, since um, I think the first time that I remember feeling like the first time that I re- remember referring to myself perhaps as a leftist was Occupy, and so. Um, if you rewind the tape back to that moment, it's like we have lost so many times since then. Not just at the national level, but if you're like me, and most of your politics over the last decade have been at the local level, then you've lost a lot at the local level as well. That just happens. And so, I mean, I was, you know, I've literally lost a lot at the local. Level. <laughs> yeah, you have literally lost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm one in three. One. Right. The only one I won was on a coin toss, so I didn't really even yeah. win that. So, I mean. There is a lot of losing um, if you are um, on the left, but you should not fetishize that. You should not hold it as a badge of honor. Um, you should just take it to to mean that we have even more resolve than these people do. These are the softest fucking people in the world. Yeah. And um, we've been through a whole lot more than they have. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't ever have to feel uncomfortable. They can just... Stumble down the steps. Was I surprised Sanders is with Trump? <laughs> you know, yeah. and so uh, this is so funny, man. It's like this. Yeah, say I don't like Sanders because he's a career politician. What the fuck you think Joe Biden is? And he's not nearly as principled. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, no. This I just cannot stress this enough. We've said it multiple times over the show, but Bernie is great, and I love him. Um, but it's the same thing with Jeremy Corbyn. They're just vessels for yeah. uh, classes and a generation's political aspirations and dreams and hopes and fears and all this other stuff. And if that turns out to be a dead end, then, you know, we'll say thank you. We'll slap him on the ass lightly, you know, like you give a ball player going I'd into the dugout. Him. I'd love to give Bernie a pat on yeah, the ass. Yeah. I would love. I, I prefer a, to give him one in victory. Yeah. Exactly. But even in defeat. Even in defeat. Whatever. But, I mean, but don't forget, like. Hey, we can't. Hey, let's. Yeah, again, we can't let up. There's a lot of fucking. <laughs> a lot, a lot, of, a lot of. Game yeah, left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got to quit saying like, saying it like it's past tense, like it's already a foregone conclusion. Yeah, because that was most of the takeaways on Twitter today. They're saying it like it's no. past, and, you know, on Facebook too, like it's yeah. sort of past tense and stuff. Yeah. It's just like, I can, and that's why I cannot recommend Even going if it's canvassing fucked, we keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because here's the thing. People, again, people um, in the working class neighborhoods, people in the working class and stuff, they aren't aware, really, of this media narrative that, like, Biden is the one. Maybe they are. I don't really know. But it, I also don't think they really give a shit. All right. So, still, go canvas. As long as there is a Bernie campaign, absolutely hit the streets and yeah. go talk to people. Um, and, yeah, there's still a lot left. But there's still fucking New York, Ohio, 
Listen, as long uh, as there's women to harass. As long <laughs> coal miners to make go code. Yeah, to make go code. Uh, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so, so don't give up. Um, you'll get the rest soon. Maybe. Maybe not. Who, who if knows? not, we're out there with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you on the streets or whatever. Bye.